0: London's Talk of the Town with Jim Chapman.
1: And this time of the week, usually, I'm joined by uh, uh, Jeff Schlemmer and Bob Matz, and indeed that's what's happened this morning. Welcome to both of you. Hello. Morning, Over the years, the many years that we've been doing this together, I've I've posed, boy, just a ton of different questions to our guys today. I'm not sure I've ever given them a challenge quite like I'd like to give them today, and I hope they're up to it. They generally are up to the challenges. These are both very astute observers of the political scene, and they both are ideologues to a certain extent relative to their position on the political spectrum. Um, However, having said that, I'm asking them to put on their pragmatic hats today, Uh, the hat that combines their political experience and their observations with their pragmatism. And I'm going to ask each of them, I'm going to start with Jeff in a moment. I'm going to ask each of them to coach the leaders from the debate last night for the next debate. Now, I don't believe there's going to be another bit debate, as far as I know, but were there a next debate I'm gonna ask my two friends here to be as objective as they
0: can. You mean in this election, of course, in not this election? Not in indeed
1: a election. indeed. Okay. Yes, there's a new there's another election or another debate later in the week, and I want you guys to get the candidates ready. So I've asked Bob in a, in advance to think a little bit about Stephen Harper and Gilles Decep. Obviously, he's got a job there because Deseppe has a very limited role to play, but I think a very important one. Uh, and I've asked Jeff to do uh, Martin and and Layton because he has an affinity for both of those parties. I think it's fair to say. So Jeff, I'm going to start with you with Mr. Layton, and I'm go- you're you're now his primary advisor. You're his primary handler for his next uh, for his next debate, and I want you to share with us the strategy or some of the thoughts that you would share with Mr. Layton in that
2: position. Well, I think the first thing that uh, that Jack needs to do is to understand what his goal is in running, firstly, and in uh, debating, secondly. And his goal clearly is not realistically to be elected prime minister. So he has to have a different goal. And uh, I, I think there are probably two of them right now. One of them is to try to shine a light on issues that are important to him that may not be um, uh, picked up or highlighted by the other parties. So he has a role in stimulating a national debate about those things the other the other role i guess is to build the ndp and to try to ultimately make it more uh, well accepted nationally it's had s- considerable success over the years provincially but uh, has never really been much of a force nationally and uh, so i think that that should be another goal a paradox about um, pushing for the NDP, of course, is that ultimately, the more successful he is, the better chance we will have uh, uh, Mr. Harper as Prime Minister. And it, it reminds me of uh, what happened in the last American election with uh, Ralph Nader. I think Ralph Nader's great, you know, and I think that he, he raised a lot of really good issues and so on. But again, I don't think anybody would argue but that had he not run, then uh, George Bush would not have been elected. And uh, historically, in the last 15 years, I guess, we've had a split of the left and the right in, in Canada with the Reform Party on the right and the uh, NDP on the left. So that's kind of gone away in this election. Uh, you know that we have some liberals who are lefties and we have a, a left-wing NDP, uh, whereas we have a consolidated right-wing uh, in the uh, in the Conservative Party now. So I think that uh, a paradox for Jack is that the more successful he is, the more likely he's end up going to end up with government with policies that he, he hates more. <laughs>
1: So, uh, how do you then equate with your the, Jack? These your guidelines.
2: Uh, how did he not do them last night? Well, I think actually he is doing the right things, and I think that uh, the two things that that to me are best about him running the NDP and I and I really hope that he gets elected and, and I hate I hate what that means because it means Dennis Mills has to lose who who I think is a sort of a moderate leftish uh, liberal uh, but uh, I think that he's colorful I think that Jack knows how to grab people's attention and I think that he's also pragmatic uh, you know that having been a city councillor for years and years in Toronto he seems to be somebody who, who doesn't talk ideology so much that he says you know here's some ideas about some things we could do mm-hmm. and he puts them in colorful terms, and he and he's got and uh, he's animated and and uh, has that charisma. And I think that's all that all that a leader of an NDP could possibly do right now. So I think he just needs to keep on doing what he's doing, realizing there's nothing he can do that's ever going to get them elected, you know, in the foreseeable future.
1: Bob, I'm going to uh, no, now turn uh, turn our, our uh, focus on you. And again, with Mister Duceppe, we're, we're not asking you to change his political philosophy at all. No, you're, be, you're being you're yeah. being brought in as a hired gun to make him more effective at the next at the next uh, uh, debate. Where do, where do you start with Gilles Decept?
0: Um he's, a, he's different from all the other candidates because his agenda is a little bit differently, d- different, particularly in relation to the rest of Canada. So right away he's already on a different platform. Um, I think that one thing I noticed in last night's debate, and it's interesting I'm doing both Duceppe and Harper, I think Ducep is a little bit afraid of Harper because Harper will give him a lot of what he wants and he doesn't want <laughs> too many people to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, he He made a rather dogmatic refusal to cooperate with any other party coming up with anything that would give him any more... Concessions or anything like that, perhaps rightfully so, because he any any said why he says well we've heard that before we heard it since the constitution which by the way Quebec never mm-hmm. signed the, the repatriated constitution mm-hmm. and that's where the whole problem started, but basically I would I would say Duceppe is the most uh, consistent because of his goal. He just comes across very clear about what he wants, and he asks the most biting questions of the other leaders. So, I would tell him to maybe not, you know, keep repeating Mr. Martin. Mr. Martin is often while Mr. Martin's talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but other that was my biggest criticism of him last night. But he's very focused, and he really knows what he wants, and he understands the constitutional relationship between the provinces and the federal government more than certainly Leighton and Martin seem to want to admit, but but Harper might see some things eye to eye. Okay, now
1: let me ask you a little bit more about Duceppe and how he may have played in, in, in Quebec. The, the French language report said that Duceppe was the clear winner, at least some of the ones I saw said he was the clear winner, even people who did not identify themselves as separatists said that they just thought he was head and shoulders among the others, not for, not the least reason for which was his his uh, complete fluency in the language. He was probably the best French speaker of the four of them. Not, unquestioned the best French speaker of the forum, but how do you how does he, does he need to do anything more to solidify and strengthen his position in Quebec? Because ultimately what he's looking for is uh, to take Quebec out of Canada, I think at this point secondarily, he knows there isn't widespread support, but he is looking to become the power broker for Quebec. If nothing else, uh, uh, some somebody's somebody's, you know, French lieutenant uh, in one mm-hmm. form or another, if the liberals win, they don't need a French lieutenant, they'll make their own. If the Tories win, even if they win a majority, they still may need a French lieutenant, he may still be able to fill that role. So how do you think he did, and is there any way you can uh, improve that? I don't think I
0: could improve his situation in Quebec. Um, I was very fascinated at one point of the debate last night that really got to the heart of some matters, and that was when Duceppe began speaking about the fundamental problems between Quebec and the rest of the country and in a way that he was speaking to English-speaking Canada. He knew who who his market was and unfortunately, as it got meatier down to the substance, of course, the time limit came up and they had to go off and Mm -hmm. on to another subject. Um... So I would just say that, you know, I think that we're getting an honest message from him. Like, and you might not like it. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you have to agree with it or like yeah. it or even think he should be on the stage. But I think what you see is what you get with app, And I think that's that's a winning formula.
1: Okay, we're going to pause for a moment. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer are bringing their political acumen to bear on the candidates last night in the uh, in the leadership, or in in the in the in the debates, political debates. And I've asked each of them to put themselves in the position of being a hired gun brought in to improve the performance. Now, there isn't going to be another debate, but if there were another debate, how would they counsel their candidates to improve? Jeff's given us some thoughts of... uh Jack Layton, and Bob's told us what he, what he would tell Jules Duceppe. We're going to come back in a moment and Jeff will give us his thoughts as he would pass them along to Paul Martin, and then Bob's going uh, to enlighten us as to what he would tell Stephen Harper. All of that's ahead this morning, and you're invited to call, too, if you've got comments on what you're hearing, at 643-1290 or star 1290 on the Rogers Wireless. This is Left, Right, and Center on Talk of the Town.
3: Thought-provoking? No
0: question. Informative? You bet. This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290
1: CJBK. Bob Metz with us talking about the leadership debate. The next one, the one that isn't going to be, but I've asked our guys as the political pundits they are to uh, to come up with some thoughts on how they would coach the uh, various party leaders to make them stand out better in the next election. There w- Apparently was not really a clear winner. That seems to be the consensus this time. Although Ducep was mentioned by almost everybody i've talked to as having done a very very good job his his scope is somewhat limited because of the party he represents but other than that didn't seem to be a winner clearly so we're seeing if our guys could help those guys uh, to do better next time if in fact there were a next time which there isn't going to be and our lines are open six four three twelve ninety. jeff back to you you told us what you'd say to jack layton what would you say to paul martin now well, remember remember he's paying you big money for this advice <laughs> <laughs> and some of it's getting through the some, some of it's getting through the ad agencies into so your pocket. Group,
2: group action yes yeah. kicking some over yeah exactly well I, I, the first thing of course uh, that is a bit late now is don't call the election now <laughs> 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 I couldn't believe it when they called it uh, when they did but uh, I think that uh, that that what Paul Martin is missing, from my perspective at least, is that I think that he needs to tr- try to regain the trust of people, and that uh, an approach that politicians seem to find extremely difficult to do is to give a genuine apology for something that's gone badly, and I think that if he could have done that in relation to the uh, uh, the ad scandal stuff, I think that would have gone a long way, and and. and, and I know that everything is tightly scripted, and everything is, you know, uh, is uh, run past uh, focus groups and everything else. But you just rarely see a politician come out and just say, you know, what we screwed up big time here. This is just ridiculous, you know. And and he says we're going to get to the bottom of it, and yada yada yada. But again, I haven't seen any heads rolling realistically. You know, a couple of guys. Uh, to me, a lot more could have been done around that to this point than has been, and and I don't see uh, Mr. Martin has really taking it on as his burden, and saying, you know, this is the thing I've got to carry on my back, mm-hmm. and I'm a, an honest guy, and I want to do the right thing, you know, and it's a tough thing to fix, and it's a mess, but I'm going to do my level okay, best. Okay, so he didn't do that, now you got to tell him how to fix it. Well, I'm saying he should be doing that in a debate. He should be doing it in so a in press ne- release uh, the, news
1: conference today. In the next debate, he says, uh, what does he say, uh-huh. I made a mistake, or uh, I'm refocusing, yes. or?
2: Well, uh, there's two things. The first is that I think you need to deal with that. You need to, to deal with it and take it head on, although... That takes you half the way. I think you do in the debate. Say, you know what? I apologize for that. I'm the leader of this. Of this, uh, I'm the captain of this ship, and the buck does stop here. And uh, this is a bad thing. You know, I could have handled it way better. Uh, you know that I, I, there are a lot of things that should have been um, that should have been uh, watched much more carefully. You know, and and I I feel terrible about it. You know that that I just haven't really seen that.
1: Here. Okay, what about what about my performance last night, Jeff? How, how did I do last night? I mean, I had the nice tie
2: on. Uh, somebody told me I needed a haircut, but gee, that shouldn't matter, should it? What how did I do? Well, I think that I think that he did okay. But again, the thing is that uh, right now he's the one who needs to turn things around. It's his election to lose, so okay isn't likely to turn it around for him. The second half of what he needs to be doing, to me, is simplifying his vision for Canada, and that is what is it about Paul. Martin that makes him the guy who's going to take Canada in the 21st century. And I, and I think that once in a while it'd be useful to get back to first principles. Okay. You know, what is it that we as a civilization or society or species should be aiming towards? You know, what is it that we're, we're trying to do? How do we make our lives better? And then I think he should set out a goal. And the goal maybe is, you know what, I'm going to make Canada uh, have the best uh, quality of life in the world. you know, And that's going to be my thing. And everything can be measured against that. And here's some tangible ways that I'm going to start down that road. And he talks about healthcare and yeah, we want to make healthcare better and yada, yada. But again, that's just so amorphous. It doesn't really mean anything to people anymore. I think that again, if he said he, he makes things, I think, too complicated, but he's a smart guy. But I think he could learn from a Ronald Reagan who kept things simple. Even George Bush, you know, he, he, he has very simple principles and he sticks to them. And people see that whether they agree with them or not. Uh, I think that that has a resonance and anything more complicated than that becomes noise. Bob, uh, Stephen Harper calls you, said, Bob, uh, how'd I do? I need some help. You're my man. Uh, what would you tell him?
0: I'd say you did real well. And then I then I'd point out the only weakness in the whole debate that I saw, mm-hmm. and that was, and understandably so, he's very frustrated with both the attacks from Martin and Layton over issues that aren't his, the abortion issue and the gay rights issue and stuff mm-hmm. like this, and attacking things that he never said and that are not part of conservative policy. Mm-hmm. So rather than constantly saying, you know, facing Martin and saying, I didn't say that, I didn't say that, I didn't say that, right? I think he should have let Martin talk, just looked at the camera and said, folks, he's attacking straw men. We have said this nowhere, and this is a sign of a government that has nothing to say Mm -hmm. on its own behalf. So it's creating a straw man and knocking it down. And and that was really the big thing. I think, you know... Harper has, to a large degree, already adopted that mental attitude of a leader and a conciliator. I could see that last night. He was the guy that got to sit back and watch the other one squabble a little mm-hmm. bit more and then filled in the gap, and that's, that's a good thing. I think he's got to be thinking of himself as a leader of a country under a minority government, and if he's seen to be a conciliator, if he can do to the country what he did to the conservative and reform movement, that could be an interesting development in this country. And I think that's one of the reasons Decept's a little afraid of him, because he is that kind of a conciliator. What can Quebec say when when we actually start giving them legitimate things that they should have mm-hmm. and, and, and take away some of the illegitimate, which are often a reaction to the others? You know? Is it
1: possible that Quebec might say it's about time? Is there any chance of that? Well,
0: I couldn't tell you, you know. As an English-speaking Canadian, you know, here we are in this country with the CBC and everything, I feel utterly ignorant about what's really going on in the mind of the average Quebecer. And I think that's a shame. You'd think that with a government-run, facilitated, bilingual, you know, (laughs) all that stuff that we'd really know what was going on in Quebec. And I only got a little taste of it last night when I was watching Ducep talk. And I'm going, gee, I'd like to hear more about this. We don't hear about this in the ongoing debate. So, you know, I think that that's really... Uh, the whole issue I think last night the strongest closing statement was definitely made by Harper I mean and and, and Martin was caught a little off guard uh, although that was because I think it was Ducep attacking him just a moment before he, mm-hmm. he made his closing statement but um, so he wasn't sure whether he should react to that or just get on with his closing statement. Well but I
1: made the point b- before the election or before the, the debate that, that it was my observation given the way things were going that if Martin didn't win this he, by definition, lost it. That he could not afford a draw in this. We're hearing today that from a lot of people that in many ways it was a draw. Um, either of you agree with my assessment? I, that, I think that in
0: not winning, he lost. I think he's lucky to get a draw. He did not answer any of the questions put to him about where the money went. You know what's actually being done. He just avoided them. Utter evasion. Just you know, change the subject, mm-hmm. and then went on the offensive. And I don't think that was a proper debate. He didn't make a clear statement about any of the things that obviously people knew about. You can tell Duceppe knows a lot about what's going on Mm -hmm. behind the scenes and and can only hint at it gently on a debate like that. But, um, you know, so I would say, yeah, just to break even, he was lucky. I I think he didn't really live up to the task. and, And his credibility is gone doesn't matter what he tells you. It doesn't matter how many times he's going to tell you, I'm going to fix health care. He had 20 years to do it.
1: You okay. know? Let's go to the phones now where Ev is waiting. Ev, do you have any advice if there were another debate? Do you have any advice for any of the leaders?
3: Well, uh, yes, I think it's the same. This has been mentioned before, the Jack Layton which just came on as pretty classy and a little too polished (laughs) you know less of a real person which is not true but anyway uh i just wanted to make i didn't think they touched on topics that weren't sort of Mm pre-planned it seemed to me there were a lot of things like affordable housing so on that never seemed to get mentioned it's uh, very much like the two ladies discussing a sermon the minister had just preached and one lady says what did you think of it he said well he's a good speaker but frankly he scratched where i wasn't did she
1: yes
3: so they did a lot of that i think (laughs) uh uh not a lot, but quite a bit, and was, some things are obvious by the not being discussed, like affordable housing, for but instance. But don't they
1: all, always do that, though, Ev? I mean, uh, affordable housing, as important as as it is to some Canadians, does not show very high on the on the sort of the the mm-hmm. issues on the on the issues radar. Many more people are indifferent to it than care about it. Do you, do you, would you would you not think that's maybe why they don't raise it?
3: That could be. I don't know, Jim. I just had another interesting idea. How what would it be like if we had a system? where a government was elected for, uh, well, for a year. And say, so, well, this is a, your year of uh, uh, to show what you can do. Yeah. And we'll test things out for a year. And at the end of that year, we'll have another election.
1: Could be the year at of at living end, dangerously, you know,
3: though. We'll maybe never get to that yeah. utopian kind of thing, but yeah. it's just kind of an interesting thought.
1: Yeah, did, oh. you, did you do put a winner or loser on the thing overall last night?
3: Uh, uh, no, I really couldn't. And uh, Concerning the dissent, I think... Uh, Actually, I enjoyed the French one more. The, I don't speak French very much, Jim, but I enjoyed that the French debate on just from the viewpoint that every one of them were so fluent in French.
1: Uh, okay, I uh, thank you for your call. Okay, thank sir. You. Bob, you had something
0: to say. Um. Yeah, I was just thinking about a year-long a year uh, ele- election term, way too short. I mean, you can hardly get three memos back and forth through the, through departments in a year, let alone have any significant change of, of, of policy. Many policies, even if enacted upon immediately, the effect may not be felt for 10 or 20 years. So how can, how can the public measure I think it's very dangerous to go into that real short-term thinking because then you're going to see even shorter-term thinking in government. Well, and
2: and what you would have is that the bureaucracy would have far more power. The the bureaucrats would effectively run things because the politicians would just become up to speed when they're done their term. But uh, it's interesting, we were talking about the uh, the win of the... um, of the debate and i'm thinking it's relatively rare that you score a knockout blow you know these are these are smart guys who have spent a lot of time preparing for this thing so to actually have one of them break down in tears and uh, confess that they're the murderer you know (laughs) it's just not going to happen but we did see
1: it in 84 i mean mulrooney cleaned turner's clock and turner was held to be a a pretty uh, sharp
0: savvy guy i know i'm not supposed to be talking about leighton but i thought he took a real good shot at uh, harper at that one point where he asked him on a a very fundamental issue, are you going to put this thing to a vote? It was a very philosophical question. Mm -hmm. I was going, wow, that's an important issue. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm actually cheering. Somebody (laughs) brought that up, right? (laughs) And Harper sort of went around it. He did the policy thing. It's not right. our policy. He didn't mm-hmm. answer it philosophically the way you, you say that we should judge people yes. in, in that sense. Although it was acceptable, his answer, because he's walking a tightrope mm-hmm. on a couple of those issues, because well, again, it. he's playing the conciliator. Well,
2: and, and in fact, I've, I've read that some um, concern that the Tories have really painted themselves into a corner with the promises that they've made that seem to be uh, not economically possible. They seem to say they're going to find $60 billion and so on, that in a way they're going to find themselves, you know, in six months where McGinty is now, that they've made these promises about deep tax cuts at the same time as massive spending increases without deficits, uh, and and they're putting them down pretty clearly. Uh, as much as the as the leaders try and leave wiggle room, uh, you know you can't pin Harper down on Are you going to use the notwithstanding clause? Yes or no? He will not oh. answer that. Forget it. Uh, on the other hand, to say some people are saying they may have done gone not too far already, and and it amazes me that people genuinely sit back right now and say we're going to vote for the Tories because the Liberals uh, can't be trusted about uh, graft and patronage. And I think Think well. Do you seriously think the Tories are going to be different? Two years from now, three years from now, we'll find the same things happening. You you look at uh, uh, Mike Harris or
1: Eves. Do you think it's as much about they can't be trusted as as they need to be punished? Because what I hear out there is not about they can't be trusted. It's that they need to be disciplined.
2: Well, and again, th- that's fine if they realize that the next guys are just going to do the same thing given four think, or five years. I
1: think most people do, though. And this is what well, I found good. fascinating about this election is that in the in the, in the the last month, and I've written about this and spoken about it, too, the sort of the, the ordinary guys that I hang out with a lot of the time, just and you know, we talk about this and that and the other thing, and they're working guys for the most part. And, and a month ago, there was a certain prevalence of, well, the liberals, you know, what choice do we have? And And in a month, that has changed radically. And now most of them are saying, these guys, we, we just can't let them get away with this. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of the of the conservatives? Well, I'm not sure about the conservatives, but, and this this is a phrase, can't be any worse, after that, that phrase, and and we can't let them get away with it. We that, can't let the liberals get away with it.
2: That reminds me of, uh, there was that book, I think it was Robert Fulham, I think the guy's name was, who said, everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And it speaks back to what I had said earlier about Martin, that he hasn't really uh, prostrated himself enough. He hasn't sort of flagellated himself enough for all of this. That in some respects, if you think of a little kid, if they've done something wrong, if they're totally you know apologetic and crying i won't do it again blah 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 you'll tend to go lighter on them on the punishment and if they're if they seem to be kind of like willful and it's like they haven't learned anything from this that's when you whack them you know big if uh, if martin could have sufficiently come across and punished himself then maybe the public wouldn't feel that they need to do the job gentlemen i thank you both always a
1: pleasure to have you here and uh by this time next week i'm sure we'll have lots more to talk about politically (laughs) bob metz and jeff Schlemmer with us on left right and center